So no, I would say, Patrick, I, I know I know you and Bob obviously go way back, you know, growing up in Orange County together, uh, Huntington Beach. I mean, talk a little bit about when you guys first kind of got together and met. And um, was it through music uh, or was it just through high school? Talk about just your first time meeting Bob. Yeah, we, uh, you know, it was in, we, you know, we went to different high schools and, you know, you know and I was discovering this music kind of on my own. I didn't really have any friends. I had some pen pals, but I didn't have any friends in LA that knew anything about this music. And another friend of mine uh, said, Hey, there's this guy at Marina high school. I went to ocean view high school. Said he's into the same band you're into. And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, no. And then I, and then he's no, he really he talks about those same bands. And so then he, he introduced me to him and we had so much in common. It was amazing. Cause and I think he was as amazed as I was because he was going through the same thing at, at his high school. But he, I remember the day he came over and we just, we couldn't believe how much we had in common. And, and, you know, I was kind of narrow-minded about the stuff I liked and, and, but he knew so much. He was like an encyclopedia of, of hard rock and metal and, and everything. So, and, and he was just like how you knew him just a, uh, you know, the nicest kid didn't say anything bad about anybody. And uh, my mom loved him and, uh, you know, he didn't change at all through the years. He, you know, he was a kind of a shy younger kid and he wasn't so much when he got older, but he, uh, yeah, we, we, we just clicked right away. And it, uh, you know, music is what, you know, initiated our friendship, but then, you know, He's he's such a great guy. You know, we just became good friends. Where when we talked, we talked about everything else too. But it started out, you know, music, and that was it. Okay. Sure, I yeah, went we, to a lot of early shows and used to go record collecting to get you know record hunting together. And uh, you know, early Orange County shows we'd go to. We'd go to shows in Hollywood. You know, the bigger shows at the Country Club. Uh, you know, it's all metal stuff. That's all it was. Sure. We died together a lot. Yeah. What what time frame are we talking about? What years are we talking about? I was trying to figure that out. We could both drive, so it probably was eight, 1980 or eighty one. Okay. Okay. Uh, wow. Yeah, and uh, and because I, I remember kind of the bands we were talking about then, and which ones we weren't talking about yet, and which releases, and uh, yeah, that was kind of our. Our connection we would you know we trade you know we eventually each got our own pen pals around the world and then you know we'd get demos i'd get demos from my friends and he'd get demos and then we'd trade them off and uh and you know we agreed on almost everything there's some stuff we had you know like we had disagreements on that were you know just funny disagreements mm -hmm. but we uh you know, agreed on the same music. If I knew, like, oh, I gotta get this for Bob because he'll love it, and he'd say the same thing about me. But yeah, yeah, dude, look at looking at that time period, man. Mm -hmm. I I have to imagine that half that had to be exciting when the band started getting popular because you guys were ahead of that curve. You know, you guys were talking about I don't know Iron Maiden or whatever before anybody else was, and then when it started getting popular, it had to feel. For you guys, like, yeah, we knew about that way back a year ago, you know. Yeah, yeah we did, but we we never suspected they those bands would get big, you know, like like Iron Maiden, and we'd discover them, and there are these little tiny bands back then, and 
and you know never dreamt they would get big kind of like the the metallica thing you know we never thought they'd be you know anything like they are you know I, i thought maybe they'd get to be like riot or like some of the bigger american bands but not like not nothing like they did but yeah that was a fun thing and so many bands that we love too never got big and and should have and we always wanted him to and that was kind of always bob saying he never was about the business but he was always about promoting bands and trying to help the bands that he loved and he never once talked about you know i can make this kind of money or that he was just about you know, helping these bands succeed and he loves seeing them get big and be successful. And that's what he always talked about. It was never, ever about money, which is how he always was. Even toward the end, he was that same way. You know? Right. But, yeah. Yeah. So, so Patrick, I mean, talk about a little bit about, I know, like you said, Bob always loved talking about all those great clubs in Orange County. Um, you know, for, obviously radio city in Anaheim. I know uh, that's where the first Metallica show was at. Obviously, um, so just yeah, go through some of the clubs and just kind of talk about them and, and a lot of like, some you know some of the, I guess the earlier shows that really stand out to you uh, yeah. from those clubs in the scene. The ones I remember that like the early ones, I think Bob went to some earlier ones than I did, but like you know I remember seeing like Motley Crue with Rat opening and you know I, and I'd heard about them and heard that there was something going on and I didn't really didn't love it you know I wasn't into it that much and. But, you know, it was good to be fun to go. You know, James Hetfield would be at the shows. It was before Metallica. And, uh, you know, he'd be at those shows. And Ron McGovney and, and you know, Dave Marge, all those guys would be at those shows too. So that was that was fun. But uh, uh, And then there were some L.A. bands that we liked a little bit more. And uh, that, uh, oh, like Malice and, you know, of course, Armored Saint. And we saw Slayer, you know, when they were a cover band, we'd go see them. They weren't playing speed metal at all. Right. And and using Metallica as their intro tape actually was like between bands, they'd wow. be playing No Life to Leather demo. Nice. But they weren't playing speed metal yet. They were playing Priest covers and, and uh, you know, Brian Slagle would be at, the, at those shows too. And, you know, we were just kids then. <laughs> and then the, the first Metallica show, I was supposed to go with Bob. We were going to ride together. And Lars called me and he couldn't, they, his parents had one car. It was an AMC Pacer and he, he couldn't get his mom's car. So he said, Hey, can you come and get me? So I had to call Bob and say, Hey, I can't go with you, but I'll see you there. So I had to drive down to Newport from Huntington beach and pick Lars up. And then, then we all hung out at the show. There's probably 20 people there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, and it was people like Lloyd Grant and, you know, uh, I can't remember who else was there, you know, but I know Bob was there. But uh, there's a lot of those early Metallica shows. We Bob and I'd go together. We even went to the Kill 'Em All for One shows. And Lars called me and said, "Hey, can you pick up my mom? She needs a ride to the show." So Bob and I went down to Newport and picked up his mom, who was who was a really nice lady, and she was way cooler than we were. And <laughs> and we uh, drove out to Reseda at the Country Club and sat with his mom during the show. So it is so I you know and Matt when you mentioned this. I didn't even know where to start. So I'm glad you guys are kind of leading me because I, there's so many stories and memories and all happy until the end. I mean, all, all great memories. Uh, yeah. You know, so many shows and so much music and conversations and laughs and yeah. Well, it, it, and I mean, it, it, you, you and Bob, especially you had such a, such a rare imprint that most people don't have. I mean, I consider myself an early follower of Metallica. 
because mm-hmm. I saw them in like uh, 83. Oh, you yeah. Know, that's really, you know, yeah. Which that yeah. was early, but that that's early, yeah. way after. I mean, you guys already knew yeah. about them and they were already big out there or not yeah, big, it, but they were big enough. And yeah, it was kind know, of an accident, too, because I just answered a one ad. I answered the same one ad that James answered in the in the, uh, you know, the one ad page. And then I remember calling Bob and said, hey, I met this guy. He's got a funny accent, and but he's got the most amazing record collection. And and I'm going over there. I'm going over there tomorrow. And then a few days later, Bob and I went back because I had to show Bob Lars's record collection. And you know, he's just this crazy. We were just crazy kids. There was no, you know, world domination at that point. You know, like it became. But well, yeah, and I guess just talk a little bit about, you know, with the scene itself. I mean, did it really start coming? from i mean kind of how did it really germinate to what it became i mean where did where in your opinion did it really start to kind of like you know take off i mean was it metallica was it slayer i mean who was really the responsible you think like the band or two or whatever it was that really started things off where everyone started getting excited and other other i guess people in the area joined bands and wanted to kind of play metal and and just create this whole scene that was down there yeah i mean it was you know, Metallica were the first ones to do that, you know, as a, like, as a, I guess, I don't know how to say it, because, you know, and there was things like, um, so I received the the Restless and Wild uh, advanced demo tape. Okay. From somebody that worked with them, and there was different song titles and different lyrics and everything, but James and Lars came over, and I played them Fast as a Shark, and James said, somebody beat us to it, because of the fast double bass, and and, and the, you know, the double picking, the, you know, the alternate, you know, really fast picking. Right. And, but, but they were already doing it, but they just didn't get it released, you know, uh, initially, you know, some of the European bands beat them to a Jaguar. You know, Lars always wanted to be like the, the American Jaguar. And, uh, but as far as uh, like the speed metal, you know, style, I mean, all these other bands, heard them heard no life to leather and wanted to do that you know and those other influences like venom and and merciful fate and but as far as the fast thrashy stuff it was you know venom and metallica you know doing it to that extreme you know motorhead were of course you know huge influence on lars and uh uh you know just diamond head of course every the ones everybody knows about and then there's a lot of other bands you know, there were big influences, you know, Bow Wow in Japan and, you know, Raven were a big influence on Metallica, uh, Trust, the, the French band, French. Mm-hmm. Uh, Legend was a, a British band. Lars loved all that stuff. And right. so, uh, but as far as the speed metal stuff, I mean, that, that was Metallica. Start, I mean, they got it all going. There's sure. nobody in L.A. doing it at that time, Might for sure. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know, obviously, you know, I'm going to swing it back to Bob here for a minute. Obviously he became, you know, obviously for, for those of us that have been in the music scene and in the metal scene, I mean, Bob becomes one of these legendary guys because he was, you know, not only was he there at the beginning, but he for 40 years stayed involved and he stayed very actively involved you know, now you were with Bob at the very beginning. Did mm-hmm. you see any of that coming for him where he would was becoming this kind of integrated guy into the scene, even as the scene was changing? Or was he just your bro and it just sort of yeah. happened, you know, organically? 
Yeah, I don't think maybe it's just me too, but I I just I wasn't thinking far enough ahead for it to lead to anything. You know, like Bob tried putting out the headbanger, and and you know those other uh, you know of course the other fanzines around the world, but uh, I don't know. And you know he started managing some bands, and he, he had such a good way of meeting people, and everybody liked him, and you and you couldn't not trust Bob. You know he was just that kind of a guy, but uh, you know I I didn't foresee anything in the future at all for any of it. I don't know. I just maybe I just wasn't in my mindset, but but he wasn't that way either. He wasn't real success oriented i guess that's a way to put it and, right and you know he just loved the music and loved helping people and you know uh now you know just you know combine like people would meet through him and become friends and this is the way he was right you know as as his friend mm-hmm. did he ever talk about doing other stuff you know i i've known i've i've known new bob for 15, 18 years. So I knew oh. him for a while. So not, uh-huh. not, you know, not a minute, but yeah, I never heard him talk about anything else. He but didn't. Then again, you know, yeah. that, and did he ever? Well, you know, he started going to Cal State, Cal State Long Beach for a little while. And, you know, he's, he's a really smart guy that wasn't anything like that, but he just didn't want to do school. He didn't want to do the conventional thing. And, you know, like a lot of families, you know, want your, you know, want their son to go to law school and, you know, get a degree and all that. He just didn't want to live a conventional life. He wanted to, you know, do do what he wanted to do and the way he wanted to do it. And that's what he always did. He didn't do anything by the book. Right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he just figured things out and, you know, talked to the right people. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I didn't I never heard him just like you. That same impression. He never talked about anything else, doing anything like as a career or anything, you know, anything like that. It wasn't like that. He wanted to, he loved music and that's what he wanted to focus on. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised he never picked up an instrument because he loved it so much. Yeah. But but he didn't, he just, he just loved listening to music and helping people. Mm -hmm. Now, so when the head, when he put out the headbang, I mean, how vital was that obviously for the scene with those, I mean, those fanzines obviously were, at the time, I know I, I remember you guys talking a lot about too the, all the record stores that would have the imports, obviously all the European imports. But how really important did, did you notice things really helped and took off when Bob put out the handbag, or just at least to kind of give that sort of, I guess you know, um, camaraderie or community kind of feel within the scene that you guys were in in, in uh, Southern California. Yeah, you know there was there was a couple other fanzines before that in LA, uh, but. I can really think of one before that, and that was Brian Slagle's uh, new heavy metal review. But sure. but it was kind of the first like do-it-yourself fanzine okay. that kind of the metal mania of of L.A. You know, kind of, and it uh, you know we're, we're like Ron Quintana, you know, directed you know towards worldwide metal, but he also addressed a lot of the San Francisco bands, and that's what Bob did too. You know, and he was helping. You know, he was, you know, really good friends with the Armored Saint guys and the Slayer guys and a band, August Red Moon, he was really good friends mm-hmm. with. And uh, he knew all those guys, Malice. He was friends with everybody. So he helped them all uh, in the early days, you know, help promote them. And, of course, Metallica. But uh, and and it just never stopped. He never stopped doing it. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's. It really is, you know, it's such a it's such a time capsule looking at that time too, because really the entire world changed because of the work that, that you guys were all doing together, whether it was supporting yeah. or the even the house parties. 
yeah. mean that that became a little thing that that kind of grew grew scenes and and other scenes around the country heard about that and started doing their own versions of it. Yeah, that's right, it, yeah. it really is amazing how these little things that I'm sure all of you guys at the time, you y'all were just buddies hanging out, drinking beer. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. and that it just, yeah. it literally launched a global phenomenon. Yeah. I, yeah. That's exactly right. You know, I, I always wonder how much Lars, how much he projected into the future, but, but I sure didn't. And, you know, and, and Bob is kind of day to day too. And, I think, you know, uh, but yeah, I don't think anybody had any idea it would get to be like it is. And it's cool that it did. And Bob had a big part in it. Helped a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. So Patrick, just, I mean, one last thing. I mean, you know, thanks so much for coming on and talking to yeah, us about really. all this, man. Yeah, really I really appreciate is. you guys doing it. Yeah, no, and yeah, we're, 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 we're going to, you know, I try to do like a really good thing here. We got like, I don't know if I told you, we, we have gotten so many people now on board. So I think this is going to come out really good. Um, but I guess just like to wrap things up, just go ahead mm -hmm. and, you know, I guess just maybe say one last thing about Bob yeah. um, and just sort of like, I guess you're, you know, sort of owed to him if, if you will. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Sorry. No, I'm, of course. Man. Yeah, it was just, um, you know, it was something I knew was going to come, you know, in the not too far future. Because, right. you know, he's been fighting, like you guys know, for a long time. He's mm -hmm. been, you know, really sick. And, you know, and he, so many people, it's amazing to me, so many people that knew him really well, have, you know, con or I contacted them or they contacted me recently and they had no idea he was sick. Yeah. He didn't tell anybody, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and I asked him and bugged him about it or else he wouldn't have told me, you mm -hmm. know, but I just, every time I would call him, which was often, it was checking on him and he always had such a good attitude. And I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know how he kept his such a good attitude about it all, but I, you know, I, I didn't expect it this fast, yeah. you know, but I, it was, it was a rough thing. Um, you know, and I, my fiance met him at, which ironically, the the last time I saw him was at Metallica's 40th anniversary shows in San Francisco last right. year, and she, I've been with her for 10 years, and she hadn't got to meet Bob yet. We just were in the not in the right place, you know, at the right time, you know, and so I kept telling her, "I'm so glad you're going to meet Bob," and and then I was worried that that was going to be the last time, but I'm just so glad she got to meet him, and she just said everything you said about him was true, and um. So it just, I, I, there's nothing I can say bad about him. I mean, I love the guy like a brother. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's, you know, always such a loyal guy and, uh, you know, truthful. And, uh, you know, would sometimes I'd ask him for advice on things. And he, he just, you always walked away feeling better after you talked to him. And even with what he was going through, you know, and, and he would help me with my problems. You know, it's like, you know, I didn't have any problems compared to what he was going right. through, you know, and. But, but that, that wasn't in his mindset to think that way. You know, he just wanted to help a friend, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it was the thing I dreaded. I got the phone call from his cousin and, you know, it was, I just said, I just kept thinking, oh, maybe she just can't contact him or something. And she needs, right. cause I didn't know her. And then she told me and it was, you know, my, the last thing I wanted to hear, of course. But uh, I don't know. And, 
you know, I've made a lot of the first calls and I, I one of the first people I called was, was Dave Mustaine and he, he was really broken up, devastated. And he said, he just talked to him last week and he said, Bob said he was feeling good. And, and, uh, Lars too, Lars didn't, didn't know a lot that he was sick, but he asked a lot of questions. Like, so what, what was he, what was he doing with, what was he fighting? And how long was it going on? I just talked to him and he never mentioned it, you know, and, and that's how he was though. He just, yeah. He didn't dwell on it. You know, he, he was, oh, and, and that was always what he would say too. In the end, he was always, you know, I, I like you, I was talking to him quite a bit. So it's Matt, you know, we were yeah. all keeping in touch. And the last thing he would say on every single phone call was, and don't tell anybody, you know, I don't want anybody yeah. worrying about me. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. He didn't, he I, never put it on Facebook or anything. No. And he, so, and, and I'm not knocking people that do do that, but it's just, you know, he was just, uh, I don't know, just wanted to keep it personal and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, his close friends, you know, he talked to about it and, and yeah, some I, people I didn't want to bother with it, you know. I, I honestly think it's exactly what he said. He didn't want other people worrying about him. That yeah, was, yeah. that, that in a nutshell has yeah. always been him from everybody I've talked to has said the same thing, yeah. but that's yeah. who he was. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.